Welcome. What do you do when you get stuck? What do you do when you know it's time to make a change, but you're confused and you just don't know where to get started? And what do you do when you feel like all the cards in the deck are stacked against you? Well, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. I have a powerhouse entrepreneur on the show, and we are going to dive deep. Because remember, on our show, Women Winning Their Way, we talk how we can break through traditions. We can break through whatever the naysayers are saying to us. And we know that it's all about creating success on our terms. I'm your host, Clara Capano, and I am so grateful to have you here. This is going to be a powerful conversation. Before I bring my guest up, I just want to remind you, if you are looking to level up in both your life and your business, check out my new membership, the Lioness League. This is your opportunity to get access to exclusive training all around mindset, leadership, and productivity. It's going to allow you to collaborate with other dynamic professionals and really provide you with the inspiration and the motivation. And you get all of this for just $7 a month. You know, we can spend $7 on coffee, on tea, on lunches. Let's start making sure that we are investing in ourselves. You know, we all have that inner lioness in front of us, and it's time that the world hears us roar. So check the show notes and go to the link and learn more about the Lioness League. With that said, I am getting ready to bring up my guest, Olivia Atkin. I am so excited that she and I were connected because we are cut from similar claws, knowing that no matter what we do, there is always success. And that when we are true to ourselves, when we dig deep, when we live from a place of grit and we don't take no for an hour for an answer, magic can happen. So with that said, no more waiting. Let's bring on my guest, Olivia Atkin. Olivia, welcome to the stage. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation today. Well, you know, I really hope that our listeners and our viewers are having some notepads and pens and pencils ready because I know you are going to give us so much value. And I'm just so grateful to have you here and to share your story. Now, you know, we're talking about creating success in our own path to success. So the first question I want to ask you is when you were young, when you were a child and you thought into the future, what did you think success was going to look like for you? How did you define it as a kid? So that is a very loaded question for me because what a lot of people have learned about my story as I share my journey and the power of achieving and identifying what success looks like to you today, both personally and professionally, is that when I was a child, I was a swimmer. And I was a very good swimmer to the point where at nine years old, I was training for the Junior Olympics and I was training and competing against 15, 18 year olds and beating them. However, and at that point, success looks like winning all my races, um, sitting there and competing and trying my hardest. And I knew where whatever journey I went down in life, it was going to be working my hardest to get there. Now, part of that very much changed for me. When I was training for the Junior Olympics, I was diagnosed with epilepsy, which is actually the most common neurological disease in the world. However, one of the most 
unknown and information shared about that disease. So one of the things it does is if you're underwater, for example, and you have a seizure, you could end up not breathing because you're underwater and you can drown. So very quickly, one of the things I identified as success and where I would be going, at least in my young adult life, got taken away from me because I could no longer swim. And it was a pivotal time now looking back on how that has shaped what success and how I approach a lot of different situations. Mm -hmm. The one thing that did not change in that story and where I've come to today is that you can think outside the box and you can create moments of opportunity to achieve the goal you have. When I start, when I was first diagnosed with epilepsy, I did not let not what society told me could not be done, be done. Mm -hmm. I, my parents advocated for me, my local swim coaches and the association advocated for me. So for a few months, I was still swimming. It was just, okay, how can I stay in the race? How mm -hmm. can I stay swimming, even though it might not be at the level or training might not look the same way? And then it got to a point where I couldn't, but the same grit that I used in that space, I pivoted to then use in other spaces and how, while I've been growing as well. And I, you know, I want to talk about that concept of the pivoting. And, you know, I appreciate so much that, you know, you're talking about, we've got to find these opportunities because I think so many of the people that are watching and following this show, you know, it may not be that they were on the road to the Olympics, but maybe they lost their job. Maybe they had to file bankruptcy and close their business. Maybe their relationship ended when they thought they were going to be in that relationship forever. So many times, you know, things happen and we, our first thought is it was taken away from me. And I am a firm believer in the saying where life doesn't happen to us, it happens for us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, talk a little bit because I'm sure there were moments where you were sad, you were depressed, you were confused. You know, what were some things that you did to kind of help with that pivot, some strategies that maybe you can give someone out there if they're sort of in that moment right now? Oh, for sure. And I love how you say it does not always happen to us. It happens for us. And I'm going to use an example. You brought off being laid off and losing your job. I'd started achieving success LLC while working for Lockheed Martin. And luckily timing, right? Playing mm -hmm. on life happens for us. I launched achieving success LLC November 1st, 2022, March, 2022 right? No, March, 2023, I was part of the mass layoffs that happened at Lockheed Martin. When the business was growing, I kept being like, okay, I'm not going to leave the job. I'm getting good benefits, good pay until, you know, maybe far into the future, partially also to my worth ethic. I was like, I could handle both. I'm not leaving. Mm -hmm. Well, when the mass layoffs hit and I was told at four o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon that I had till the end of the month and that's only like the end of March. And then I was no longer going to be employed. I had all those feelings. I had the feeling of like, I am handling 16 contracts that no one else is really doing the work on. I, we're getting more business. Um, you're adding to my workload already. How can I be losing my job? 
what am I going to do next? How am I going to get out of this? And there's so many emotions around that. And there's so many feelings that are valid to feel. However, life happened for me because I had built on skills and opportunities up until that point where it gave me the opportunity to dive into the company I was building full time. Now, not all of us are going to necessarily fall into that category where you can dive into a business you're building. But one thing I very much talk about is owning your power. So when something like that comes about, I cannot control being laid off. An individual might not be able to control their layoff or mm -hmm. ending a relationship. Like things hit us at all times. But what part of that can you control? What can you take from that situation and build on the skills? What are you doing today that you can take skills from that role, that job, that relationship, and start to use it to build up so that when you need to pivot, you already have things in place to make it easier for you, to make it mm -hmm. have that clear mindedness too, where you can take the emotions out of it and you go, okay, I'm prepared because I've done this and that to prepare me for this moment. And I think right. that's really important is the preparedness, the ability to pivot in knowing that you have the skills to do other things. And always think about like, what is your superpower? What am I passionate about? But also when we look at a job, for example, if you're not liking a job, you don't have to stay in that role. And when you're looking for that next role, start thinking about, even if it's not in the same industry, when we're talking about pivots, so many people think that you have to stay in that role the rest of your life. Right. You have to stay in that industry. The power of conquering and conquering what you want to do is understanding that you don't have to do that just because right. society tells you you do. Exactly. You can, yes, you can take the skills you've learned and go, okay, what do I like about what I'm doing now? And what do I hate? Mm -hmm. What are the things that I'm willing to do in the next role or if I start my own business? And what are the things I just don't want to do? Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, you talk about this idea of focusing on what you can control. And that's something that I work with my clients on and I talk about a lot. I personally believe there's really only two things you can control. The first one is your mindset. You know, that that really is the key to everything. And then the second is, again, the actions that you take. And I think so many times, you know, in those moments where we're feeling like everything is falling apart, you know, we have to go through and whether it's even making a list, what can you control? Getting up, hitting the phones. And I think, you know, for the life of an entrepreneur, a small business owner, that's something that is so critical for us because no one out there is, again, doing it for us. We have to make it happen. So I think that that is so important, you know, to be able to look at that. And I love the idea of, again, being prepared. You never know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, working on this, you talk a lot about, again, knowing your passion, knowing what excites you. You know, I have talked with so many people, and I'm sure you have too, where they don't necessarily know that. So in your area of expertise, because you work with a lot of people, again, achieving success and 
part of the road to that is identifying our passion. Mm -hmm. Do you have some strategies that you walk people through to help them learn to connect with what they're passionate about? Mm -hmm. Yes. And there's a few things I always say, because you are right. A lot of the time there can be things that we're really good at that we don't recognize. It comes so easy to us. We don't see it as something we are super powerful at and that other people are like, how can you do that so flawlessly? Mm -hmm. And we're going, what are you even talking about? It becomes <laughs> second nature to me. Mm -hmm. And one example I'll quickly use is within my consulting side of my business of achieving success, a decent amount of my clients have now focused around podcasting, whether it's starting your own podcasting, podcast audits, getting people on podcasts or helping hosts get on podcasts and sponsorships, all of that. And part of that came to be when I started achieving success, it was all on the consulting side of professional development, personal development, resumes, cover letters, the mm -hmm. whole gamut. But the my podcast took off so quickly and so successfully, the way other podcasters were viewing is like, they've been doing that for two years. And how in like 18 weeks, less than that, did I get to a, a farther place? And I learned a lot going into that. So it slowly grew where to me, some of these things had also built into skill sets that I've learned in other business areas. Mm -hmm. Supply chain, you need to know how every piece of the whole chain works. So when I got into podcasting, it was how does every chain work? Where's the information? What are the best tools to use to save me time, money, resources? To me, it was very simple. To me, it was, okay, this is what I have to do to understand this, to be able to do it at a level I want to do. Mm -hmm. A lot of other podcasters were like, I didn't even know this information. I didn't think about it. And it's a perfect example of, I didn't realize that was a superpower of mine. Right. And everyone else started coming to me, asking me the questions. And when I thought it was so simple, not so simple, but something we everyone should know and have access to. They were like, I don't even know how to turn to that. And I mm -hmm. realized there was a niche to help other people do that and Absolutely. achieve that success. So one thing I always say to individuals who come to me and we work through that process is like, what are the things that in your job now or in life, it doesn't even have to be in your job. What are the things you enjoy doing? Now, is that communicating with others, helping them problem solve? Is it, you know, going to restaurants and being able to review the restaurant? And, you know, what might that be? And really think about why no matter the situation, you don't care how stressed you are, but when that comes into your mind, you get excited about it. It isn't, oh my God, I have to answer 20 emails today. I don't want to do it. And you shut down. It's like, okay, I have to answer 20 emails today about this one thing. And even though it's so overwhelming with everything else I have to go on, I'm looking forward to doing it. It doesn't stress me out. Mm -hmm. And then the second part of that is what are things that people keep coming to you to tell you, wow, I didn't even think about this way. Or how does that, like, why is that so easy for you to get from A to C when for me, I'm doing it this way? Take note of what other people are telling you too, because it is something that you might not be thinking about, 
But most of the time, it isn't necessarily people in your closest network, your friends that are showing this to you. It's clients. It's people mm-hmm. you're working with. It's people you meet on the street and have conversations to reflect on what those conversations are. Yeah. You know, that's so powerful. And when you even say those, I think about my own journey and that's really how I created it. You know, people would start coming to me saying, how are you being so productive? How are you getting all of these items done? And that's really where I started sharing a lot of what I talk about with productivity, time leverage, all of those. And then again, the speaking, you know, oh, you were able to put it in such a way that's understandable. And so I think that is such a great exercise is to really sit down and think about what are people coming to you for? You know, what is it? Because I think that helps to uncover your superpower. Mm -hmm. So I think that's powerful. And the other thing that I love that you talk about is doing the due diligence or the research. You know, Mm -hmm. you gave the example of the podcast and rather than sitting down saying, oh, I think it'd be fun to have a podcast. It's, you know, let's actually research it. And I know you and I talked offline about some of these things, but again, even strategically, what are the best days? What are the best times? You know, there's different days and times for different topics. And those are things, again, that most people are not thinking of. It's why is one day better than the other? Well, statistically, those things are there. So I think that's another message. I want to talk a little bit about moving into your entrepreneurial journey. You know, you have done so many things. You mentioned how you transitioned from your job at Lockheed Martin into this entrepreneurial way. What are some of the the tips and strategies going back to when you first started outside of doing the research you know what are some of the best tips so if somebody is thinking about starting their entrepreneurial journey whether it's as a side hustle or whether it's full time what would you say are maybe the two or three things they really need to focus on to again launch into greatness so the very first thing and it kind of plays into strategy to some extent is Really identify how much time you have to give. Mm -hmm. By saying yes to one thing, inadvertently, you're going to have to say no to something else. So whether that's your day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, how much time are you willing and wanting to actually devote to something? And then plan it out accordingly. So many people, I see whether it's in business or the podcasting space, dive full force in. And if you're the person, let me give this caveat because I am. If you're the person that dives full throttle in, yeah, we both are. That's okay. And it works for you. And I'm not saying don't do it. But what I'm saying is for the person, especially who might be starting something as a side hustle and has that 40 plus hour a week job, might also have kids, you know, traveling, all these different commitments. What can you realistically give to that? I'll use the podcast as an example. One thing I tell to all my podcasting clients who want to start a podcast is tell me in a month how many episodes without stressing you out you can record. Is that once a week and release once a week, twice a month, once a month? Tell me realistic. And they're like, well, I'd like to do this. And I go, Okay, but as you get busy around the holidays, around certain moments in time, are you going to be able to keep up with putting out, in this case, podcast episodes for what you're telling me today? And half the time, the answer is no. And then I go, okay, well, no matter how stressful life gets, how many hours, and this is what it would look like, and how many episodes, 
do you think you could go? Because the other part of it is you can always upscale. You can always add episodes. You can always add hours. You can always add product, right? It is very hard to build something up and then go, okay, now I've gotten busy. Take podcasting. You release a a live show every single Monday night at eight o'clock, right? Well, if you've, and this is an actual case study example. I had someone who did this and they had started before they came to me. And I said, it's a live show on a Monday night and you're a mother and your kids have commitments and you want to be there, which is great. Now, do you understand that you still have to produce this every single Monday? Cause you've started doing it every Monday. She's like, yes, a few weeks go along and she were having calls and she's like, I said, I didn't see your show get posted from Monday night. Oh, my son had a basketball game. Mm-hmm. Okay. But now the listeners have gotten used to that show every Monday and they tune in and it's live. So they're taking time out of their schedule and they're going, what's happening? And all these emails are coming in because they're sitting there waiting for something mm-hmm. that isn't being delivered. Another week comes, oh, I'm having trouble getting a guest. Well, again, now we're getting hiccups. And very quickly, it became something where she ended up canceling the show because she set herself up in a way where she went full throttle and said, yes, I can do this. And when everything was laid out on the table, she knew it was going to be hard, but she did it anyway. And then she ended up, in some extent, self-destructing it Mm -hmm. because she couldn't actually keep up with it. So the number one thing I always say is realistically ask yourself how much you can commit time-wise, money-wise, right? What does, especially starting your own business and as an entrepreneur, I made the conscious decision to sit down and go, what can I afford right now today? And how do I want to fund this? For me, it was all self-funded when I started my business and I was very happy that within a year, I can be totally in the green. Everything I put in was paid back. Every bill for the business was paid back within that for a little over, no, we hit the one year mark and it was paid. That is something you have to decide. How much of your personal funds are you willing to pull? Mm -hmm. How much are, if you're gonna get investors, what would that look like? Contracts. It's a lot of thinking and taking it. The other big thing I recommend is, especially in entrepreneurship, it is so easy because as you mentioned, it is something you're diving in yourself most of the time. You're a solo entrepreneur. You are diving in. No one is going to be more of an advocate for your business than yourself ever. End of the day, period, end of story. That's what it's going to be. So what does that look like? And it becomes something that because you're a solo entrepreneur, you're going through this journey on your own. You're building and creating not just the business, but your legacy. And it can become very daunting at times, Mm -hmm. especially in the beginning. And you can end up feeling very alone. So one thing I also tell people is, Look at the individual tasks. Do not look at the end goal. What are the tasks? And write it down. I write things down. Everything gets written in my planner. Every little thing. Mm -hmm. Every step. Write down the steps. Don't 
write down, build my website. Who Write down who you have to contact. Or if you're going to do it, create that WordPress account. Then, you know, sit there and build this page so you can check it off. But it also helps you become a lot less overwhelmed and being able to handle the work than going, oh, my God, I have to do this. And mm -hmm. I don't. I love that. And, you know, so much of that is so true. Again, it can become so much more less daunting when you can look at it. Okay, well, this goal has three steps. This item has five steps. And then also pairing it, like you said, with the time, you know, looking at your schedule and saying, okay, well, with my schedule, which of these items can I tackle today? And again, bringing in that consistency with everything that you're doing, because whether it's a podcast or even your clients, you know, how we show up, teaches them. I was working, I was doing something with my son, helping him with a course. And we had an appointment to meet to go over things at 9am. And he showed up at 902. And I was like, Nope. I was like, on time is five minutes late. I said, you are teaching people if they can trust you. And I was like, you know, all of these things that we do. So again, if you have a commitment to do something Tuesday, whatever it is, you got to show up because your followers, your clients and everything. So I think those are two really exceptional things that you are bringing together. I want to rewind a little bit to a comment that you made earlier in the show. And this was starting when you were young and going through your swimming and this concept of don't tell me I can't. You know, people were saying you'll never swim again. You can't do this. And even though there was a layer of truth to that, you know, I think it's something inside of you that, again, built that grit that we talked about. So when somebody sort of sets the stage to tell you, you can't do that, because a lot of entrepreneurs, we share our dreams with people and most people think we're crazy. But, you know, what do you do when you have an idea? You know, are you more purposeful and strategic on who you share it with? Like, how do you handle those people who are the naysayers who try to make you play small when you know you can go big? I think that's a great question. And thank you for asking me that question because it is something I get very passionate about because from that swimming situation on, in a lot of the careers I've had, I was a young intern at the New York Football Giants where I ended up working for six years and everyone told me that I wasn't even gonna get the internship and I shouldn't even build those relationships to get it, um, to working at Lockheed Martin in a role that takes people 15 years to get. And I walked in the door having it to being the youngest president of a state board and an international board for supply chain and all these different things. I've always had to know what drives me is like, I know inside what I can do and how hard I'm willing to work for something. I won't go after it or build it into my schedule, no matter how overwhelmed I am. Mm -hmm. If I don't actually think I can give back in one way or add value to something, right? Right now I have my business. I volunteer on three different boards, two of which are professional organizations. One's an in, on the international board for the overarching committee, once as a president of a state board. And I oversee two university chapters for Cap Alpha Theta. So I get very overwhelmed sometimes, but I would have not said yes to those volunteer opportunities if I didn't, if I wasn't willing 
to make the time for it. So when people tell me, no, you can't do it, right? So many adults, mm-hmm. when they learned I was going to start a podcast, especially because podcasting is newer, was like, why are you going to do that? How are you going to actually make money from it? Why would you take the time to do it? Asking all these questions and going, you know, you're not going to get anywhere with it. Well, within 30 days of launching, it was in four countries and had more streams than was predicted by triple the amount of numbers. Within 18 weeks, it became a top 10% must listen to podcast globally. When te- someone tells me, no, I can't, I laugh. I go, thank you for your thoughts. Now watch what I'm about to do. When someone puts the roadblock in my way, um, I'll use an example quickly of the university I taught at. The, without naming names, people will probably be able to figure it out anyway. The, I was teaching career development at this university. When I was approached to write my book, Achieving Success in Career Development, which was actually done before the business was even an idea. And when I was approached, originally, I did not hear about this textbook company. I didn't know who they were. And I went to the head of career development at the university who oversaw the career development class, which every business student had to take in order to graduate. They took take it and pass it. And she was like, oh, no, that's a top publisher. And she told me I should take the meeting. Like, it wasn't a scam that people were just emailing you, right? And so I took the meeting. Before I signed the contract, I actually went through it with her, told her, like, our discussion, got her thoughts. Very big advocate. Went and wrote the book. And then she turned around and then try, tried to say, I publicized uh I was the word I took wording and things from her that she plagiarized. Thank you. Thank you. That I plagiarized. And I was like telling someone to turn their cell phone off is not plagiarizing. That's a common thought. Right. And all these little things she was trying to bring up to the Dean. And we ended up coming to an agreement in August, actually a few weeks before the class was supposed to start, that I would just not teach. Mm-hmm. That I was willing just not to use the book, even though that would hinder our students. And at the end of the day, that's we're here to teach and help elevate students. And then it ended up like there was too much going on and we parted ways. Now she continued to try to do this smearing and telling me I didn't have a right to write a book because I'd only been teaching career development mm-hmm. for two semesters. However, I was the only professor that had a degree or certification in every business area. So I would actually be able to share real insight on all these knowledge and up-to-date information and come. And I was like, okay, now watch, that's fine, but you're going to watch the book be successful. Mm-hmm. Just because you tell me it, I have no right writing the book. Now watch how people connect with it. Mm-hmm. From that experience and that opportunity of writing the book, which released July uh, 1st, 2022, the publishing company was the one who came to me and said, you know, you have all these experiences, all these stories, real life, connect with people. Have you ever started about starting a podcast? That was the first time it mm-hmm. came to my mind. Then I t- I said, you know what? There's information to share. And 
you're now when I took the idea of what achieving success was going to look like to other people, everyone was like, oh my God, you have to do this. This show, like what your goal is, is amazing. And what ended up happening is within a year of achieving success, the business launching, the podcast launching, speaking and consulting, I was asked, I did not apply, I was asked to be a TEDx speaker. Mm-hmm. So she tried telling me, no, I know right in even writing a book, but because of the knowledge I was sharing, I was asked to speak on one of the biggest stages. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things that I personally laugh, but I also go, okay, now you're challenging me. You're mm-hmm. giving me the challenge to see now watch you be wrong. You are going to have to sit in that. Not everyone's going to be your advocate. It doesn't matter how much good you do in this world. There will be people that try to tear you down and you have to sit there and say, okay, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? And at the end of the day, as long as you can lay your head on that pillow at the end of the night and go, I made the best decisions with all the information I had in front of me, that's all that matters. Absolutely. I love that. So I want to bring us back. I want to ask another question about entrepreneurship because I want to see how you are doing this. Again, you know, you have all these different avenues. So I'm sure that time blocking is a part of it. One of the things that I want to, though, ask is, you know, so many times with entrepreneurs, they are hesitant to set a schedule, to time block, because I have to give my all right now. I have to take every opportunity because I'm building my business. You know, how do you, you know, connect with people and talk with them about, you know, when is it time to hustle? When is it time to be more strategic? When is it time to time block, you know, and looking at those opportunities? That is a great question. Cause this is something I think every entrepreneur struggles with within the first year plus, right? It's something we can all struggle with and it gets to a point where you're building and then you've built it up in a way, but now you either have to strategically set up processes and procedures so you can onboard and what, and how is that shifting? But wanting to take every opportunity and not time block can be your biggest kryptonite at the end of the day. I very much did it. I'm a person, as we mentioned earlier, that's like, I'm going to dive in. I'm going to make it work. I will work that 16-hour day. I've done it so many times in past uh, careers that I've had that it wasn't something where my body wasn't used to. However, it is good to do that in the beginning, the first few months. You want everything to be set up. You want to not go too far off track to then you're not being able to meet other goals. However, I'll I'll give you an example of what I did in the beginning. Not wanting to lose an opportunity, first thing I've always done going back my whole career is I will never say no to an opportunity right off the bat without listening Mm -hmm. to what someone else has to say. And even if I think no off the top of my head, I never thought I'd be an author, but I gave the meeting a shot and had a real conversation And then gave it 24 or 48 hours to think about. Was it going to be realistic Mm -hmm. to build this out the way I would want it to be built out and provide it in a timeframe that worked for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. When I started the business, not, you know, the podcast took off. I had that. And when I really dove into driving, building the consulting side, I was like, I'm taking every call. 
I am opening my calendar link from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Whoever wants to fill it, fill it. However, multiple things happened for the first few months of doing that. One, you value your time sometimes a lot more than other people do. So when I did have those meetings, nine to five, Monday through Thursday, and or in the beginning, I did nine to five, Monday through Friday. Um, and then I started taking Fridays off because mentally I was strained and needed it to use it for other times, but people would fill the time. And then as I got clients, what ended up happening is that nine to five calls nonstop. I was getting drained. I couldn't get up. I was becoming, you know, not being able to eat and things like that. And then I'd have to do my client work from five o'clock on. Mm-hmm. And so I was getting less sleep. But what ended up also happening is going back to the comment about not everyone values your time as much as you do is I'd have random no shows cancellations last minute. And then I'm going, okay, well, if I planned for this, I could have gotten this done, but now I've sat on the call for 10 minutes and this was a 30 minute call. I don't have enough time to do anything else. Mm -hmm. And now I've wasted my time. So what I started to do was I started blocking off Fridays. That's where I started so that mentally I can be present, not just in the business, but in, you know, my personal life. And then I said, okay, I'll still have the calls. But once I hit this amount of hours after the typical day that I really cannot focus on this work, we're going to start time blocking. And it took a few months, but I really learned the what will happen. I was partially scared that, okay, if I don't have every hour available, I'm going to lose clients. They're not going to schedule because they're not going to have the time. Well, what ended up happening when I started blocking off, you know, only client work on Mondays or a podcast recording for my show or someone else or speaking job, like no one could book anything at all on Monday. No one could book things on Friday. And then like piecemeal a few blocks where I knew Thursday morning, I had to send client stuff to people. So give me, I'll start opening my calendar at 11 a.m. instead of nine. What ended up happening is people just filled up the time that was available. And then if I went, okay, now people are emailing me and they're going, oh, it doesn't look like anything's available for the next three weeks. And I really want to get in this call. Then it was my, my decision to go, where can I fit them in? Mm-hmm. What, what works for me? But it also has made me know and learn from that experience that if people want to talk to you, they're going to value your time and they're less likely to cancel mm-hmm. or no show to a call. But also it allows you to get more work done. They will fit into what you actually have available. Yeah. And I think that that was the biggest lesson I learned on the entrepreneur journey Mm -hmm. is that you don't have to be available for every call that comes in nine to five. Yeah. It's such a valuable lesson. I know I went through it myself and I think, you know, it's part of learning how to cut our teeth on that entrepreneurial journey. You know, again, you got to kind of start that way, but when you start to value your time, I found the exact same thing is that 
the right people show up at the right time. And that's what we need to do. So, you know, Olivia, you are, again, a force. You have accomplished so many things. When I listen, when I follow you, you know, I am just in awe. And I know that you are nowhere near being done. So let's talk about what is it that you are working on next? What's coming up next for you? So a few interesting things. And as I say, I always talk about personal professional side of things. So a new journey I will be taking in July of 2024 is I will be moving to Alaska for two years. Um, So my boyfriend serves in the U.S. Coast Guard and he will be stationed there. So that will be a new adventure of learning how a different community of individuals work and live and doing all that. So that will definitely be a part of my journey and will affect my work life balance. Luckily, everything I do is remote unless I speak in person. So it won't actually affect my business, but it can change my outlook on things, which I think we should all be growing and adapting and learning new experiences and having that play into who we are. And then professionally, it's really just working with clients and making an impact with them, whether it's on the podcast and people listening to the podcast or helping people start their own podcast or get on podcasts Mm -hmm. or helping with professional development, whether it's what can you be doing now to kind of set up those little things that if you want to pivot in a way or that career change or what are skills you can be learning about or ways to think about, and then doing a lot more speaking on personal and professional development. Fantastic. Uh, I am just so excited to follow you. I know that it's just things are just going to continue to explode for you. It's so incredible. And we're going to be sure to put all of your contact information, all of your links in our show notes, because I know people are going to want to follow you. I have several friends I want to send your way to help, you know, with them growing success on their terms. So I'm really excited to, you know, have our viewers be able to connect with you. I want to start to close this out by bringing us back to our first question. I asked you in the beginning when you were young, what did success look like for you? Sitting where you are today with all the experience that you have behind you, how do you define success for yourself now? And I love this question. And it is something, actually, I will give this tidbit. Not as many people ask me, but the very first question I ask on my show every single episode is what success means and looks like to you today. So I love this question because it is a dear one to my heart. Um, So I love when I get it. But for me, success looks like today, accomplishing the goals that I have in front of me, not getting overwhelmed and being able to put my passion and impact in others, no matter how that might look, whether it's the business or personally, while also being there in the best way I can for friends and family. And one thing I really want to mention is for me, a big part of all that is being able to make an impact in someone's Mm -hmm. life, but also being transparent. Um, One thing I think is so important is it's not always about that typical work-life balance or working nine to five, Mm -hmm. especially as an entrepreneur, that does not happen. I (laughs) I will be the first one to tell you. But especially as an entrepreneur and you're not going to have that typical work day or you might get a call while you're on vacation that you need to take is being transparent with people in your life of what they could expect from you in that moment. Yeah. Whether it's 
showing up and being like, hey, I know you just called me with something going on in your life and it's your best friend and they're going through something. I need 20 minutes and then I can call you back and give you my full attention. Mm -hmm. Whether it's not going to that event or party and saying, listen, I have this going on, I can't do it. Sometimes that transparency will lend, especially as an entrepreneur, to building those personal relationships and being present. I think that's key. Being present mm -hmm. is such a part of success and what that looks like and being there because we only have so many moments in our day and in our life. And mm -hmm. if you're always trying to accomplish the next thing, you're not going to be able to have those memories. And actually, when you accomplish that goal, if you're already thinking five steps ahead, you're not going to be able to sit and be happy with what you just worked on to get where you are. Mm -hmm. And so for me, success really looks like being conscious, making those decisions, being present, and being transparent in everything I do and being able to make that impact. Ugh. Olivia, it has just been a true honor to have you here. On many levels, I feel like I'm talking to another me, so it's been very fun. Um, I just, I love the way that you see the world. I love the way that you, you know, use your passion to guide you. And more importantly, I love how you're using all of this to deliver value to others. You know, it's that idea of, again, having the impact and always giving back. You talked about that when you were, you know, teaching the class, you talk about that in everything. And I, I want to make sure that that doesn't fall, you know, flat to understand that, you know, you have such a kind heart and it's, it's coming from a place of making sure that you're contributing positively to the world. So thank you so much for being on the show. I am so excited to share your story and I look forward to staying connected with you even more. Thank you for having me today. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, let's wrap this up. I, I don't know about you, but I have pages of notes and I want to hit on a few of the things that, you know, Olivia talked about, because I think these are very powerful lessons. So some of the things that I wrote down is think outside the box. You know, one of the things she talked about is when the obstacles started coming up, you got to find a new way. You can't just sit back and say, okay, well, I'm going to be lost now. No. You got to think outside the box and then pairing this with opportunities. There are always going to be new opportunities in front of you. And one of the other things that she said is always take the appointment. You know, when opportunities come up, it may or may not be the right opportunity, but you just never know until you engage with it. So always take the opportunity to learn more. One of the things she talked about is before you get started, do the research really sit down, whether you're opening up some sort of store, whether you're going to start your business as a coach, a consultant, a speaker, whatever it is that you're doing, even writing books, you want to do the research, find out what the need is, who's already doing it. Are there certain strategies that are going to help you leverage what it is that you're doing so that you can get the most bang out of your efforts? So taking time to do your due diligence and really do the work. Another thing she talked about is own your power. You know, you are in control of your own destiny. There are always going to be people that are going to try to take you down. Use those as fuel and take control back. And again, focus on the things that you can control. One of the things that really stood out, it's because it's the exact same thing that I tell people to, is when you go into your weeks, when you get ready to start something, be honest. 
what is it you truly have to give both time-wise energy-wise and then also monetarily-wise you know the number one thing that i see people do is again they jump in with unrealistic expectations and then they start falling backwards there is no right or wrong it is not about a certain amount of time or a certain amount of money it's about what it is that you have and using what you have to its highest and best use so really getting clear and be honest with yourself. And then she talked about transparency. Cannot speak enough about transparency. You've got to set expectations with your clients from the get-go. What is it that you have? How are you working together? What is your role? What is their role? And then again, keeping that level of transparency. It shows them one, that you're real. It shows them too, that you value yourself and value what you are bringing to the table. It gets you on the same team with each other. And it's really gonna set you apart. It's bringing in that authenticity and again, letting them know how you're working all these together. So doing these things, be prepared. You know, you have greatness inside of you and you have everything inside of you to be successful. Sometimes we just need a little guidance. And I just have learned so much from Olivia and I know all of you have too. So I thank you for following the show. Please don't let it stop here. We covered so many important things. So please make sure that you are sharing this episode, like it, go into platforms such as iTunes and give us a five-star rating because the more that we can hear from you, the more others are going to be able to hear from us. And remember, my goal is to impact not only today's women, but tomorrow's women as well. And to let all of us know that we have the power to create success and do it all on our terms. I'm your host, Clara Capano. Thank you again so much for following, for being a fan of the show. And don't forget to check out the Lioness League because I would love to bring you as much clarity to your life and your business as possible. Until next time, take care and remember to always be successful.